0: Looking for more professional learning, free as a benefit of your union membership? OEA's upcoming quarter catalog is available now at grow.oregoned.org. You're listening to OEA Grow. A member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members, for members. In season 10, members discuss supporting our newly arrived students with Sakura Hamada.
1: Hi, everybody. Uh, For those of you who listened to our podcast before, welcome back to OEA Growth. And for those of you who has not listened to our podcast before... Welcome aboard! It is so good to have you join us today. Um, my name is Sakura Hamada and I am your host for the season. And this season we've been talking about newly arriving students and how we can support them as an educator. Uh, and then had a great opportunity to uh, talk to people from elementary, middle, community college as well. And then so today we... Uh, will. I have an honor to interview my lovely friend, Gabby uh, Aguilar. And uh, Gabby, if you don't mind uh, introducing yourself real quick. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited
2: to be on this podcast with Sakura. Such a pleasure to be here. Um, I am On my fifth year of teaching, um, and I'm currently in Tiger-Tualatin School District, and I work as an ELD specialist at Tualatin Middle School, and I also am an AVID teacher, um, and with my ELD job, I specifically work with newcomers. So I was super excited when um, I heard that you were creating this podcast on how to create a positive environment and how to create a more welcoming environment um, for our newly arrival newcomers, because that is where my passion is. And that is who I see Mm -hmm. on a daily basis when I am in school.
1: Oh my gosh. So fifth year. huh. That's, that's awesome. Um, so you, so basically you're doing the both ELD and AVID. So yes. like, um, how, do, how does that, how does AVID look like in middle school for some audiences that may not be too familiar with AVID structure in middle school setting? No, absolutely. Um, AVID started at the high school level
2: and it started in San Diego, California, and has slowly evolved all over the U.S. And Mm -hmm. I am lucky to be a part of the program. AVID stands for Advancement Via Individual Determination. So it's kind of like a college pathway program um, for all students, any student that is um, willing and um, willing to accept support from an educator and from a community of peers to go and be a better student and in hopes join either a college readiness course or any secondary, post-secondary education. It's basically a place where networking occurs and Mm. the teacher provides skills um, and advice for you to be able to manage this educational society almost and system on how to actually be successful and be a successful student. Because sometimes um, as educators, we forget that we need to teach students specific skills on how to be successful and not just expect them to know how to get there. Mm. So wow. It's, there's, a, there's a lot to it. Um mm-hmm. But that's basically the bit the the basis of it is how can we support students navigate this world that they may not be familiar with and may not wow. have any support at home, um, like our newcomers, um, where they may be they may be first generation, which is the majority of my avid students um and my ELD students, that
1: they're the first ones to basically build the road. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, tell us about what your experience has been. Uh, More specifically on AVID, um, for your AVID classes, um, how you've been working with newly arrived students and how you've been providing skills and helping them network? Yes. So
2: one of the big things with our newly arrived students... Um, is the language barrier. Um, Mm -hmm. That is the first main thing that the students and teachers focus on. Um, But Mm -hmm. we forget that these students come in with such an amount of knowledge. They don't come at a zero level. These Mm -hmm. students, most of my students, even if they didn't join school, they have skills, interpersonal skills that they have developed in their family and their community. Um, So providing AVID specifically with our newcomer students is a real um, interesting intersect because they are more than wanting to be at school and be successful and um, be able to thrive without always having to worry about Um, the language barrier. So I am bilingual. I speak um, both Spanish and English. I'm a native Spanish speaker. So I have the ability, at least with my Spanish speakers, to be able to provide that bridge of communication to the Mm -hmm. avid skills and philosophy um, and strategies without having to um, minimize the content that I am providing them.
1: Wow. I mean, yeah, you You're so spot on about language barrier, but also like students coming with knowledge. You know, they're not just starting from ground zero. You know, they already have some tool, like you said, like from interpersonal skills, whatnot. Um, but it's different coming, especially for those that are newly arrived students coming into the new state and a new school, whatnot. Like they sort of have to kind of readjust in a way. And so. I'm curious, you know, you also being bilingual, be able to speak their, uh, some of their languages. Like, how do you kind of help them navigate that? Absolutely.
2: Um, it is, I grew up um, not as a newcomer, but as an ELD student myself. So I am able to understand um, a piece of their life a little bit in a deeper depth than most of their other teachers because of the journey that we have both Been on. Um, Obviously, every newcomer, every single student comes with Mm -hmm. a different story. Um, But at least with my Spanish speakers, um, I'm able to make um, a form of community with them. I'm able to build oh. trust in a, fa- a faster sense than other educators that may not have that ability because language really is our culture um, when it yes. comes to our students. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's a big connector within that, and I'm not ashamed to speak it. And I also yes. and, I, and I also don't um, tell my students not to speak it in class. Um, Because it's something, if they are able, if they they understand the content and they understand everything, but they're able to communicate it in their own language, absolutely, rock it. Tell me. Um, But it is a balance because I'm also an English Mm -hmm. language (laughs) developer um, as a teacher. So um, I have to find that balance of, okay, I don't want them to use their native language as a crutch for right. them not to develop their second language. Um, and I battle with, okay, how much hand-holding can I do um, for my students without impeding their learning? So mm-hmm. it's a big community builder, but it's also um, one of the biggest challenges I have with my Spanish-speaking students learning English because we default to our natural native language.
1: Oh, oh Yeah. So, you know,
2: it's, it's, it's a, it's like a, a sword with two, two edges. It's just, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but Uh um, from, if I didn't speak Spanish, I definitely would have a harder
1: time connecting with my newcomers. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, you know, like, guilty, that guilty as charged that I've also, you know, I also have to learn English, um, as my second language. And then, yeah, I've always, of course, your, like, first language is something that you feel most comfortable with. And then I find myself like, falling back to it or seeking yeah. someone who speaks Japanese with me. Mm-hmm. I had a staff yeah. who was, like, translating everything from, like, English to Japanese or Japanese to English. And I always kind of, like, rely so much on her as my interpreter. And so, like you say, like, finding that balance is so important and, yes. like, yeah, right? And, yeah, and so... One
2: of, one of the big things that, like, find, like, like you said, like, I want to amplify their voices. I want to yeah. make sure that... Just because you don't know the answer in your language, you that doesn't mean that you can't answer it. Mm-hmm. That just means that we have to find a way to answer it. So here are some strategies right. and here are some supports. So mm-hmm. there's a big, big challenge with our newcomers. Like you said, we have instructional yeah. assistants in our building that follow a, a lot of our newcomers for a period of time to kind mm-hmm. of. Um, provide that extra support, but leaning them off of that translating support is a struggle. It really is. And it's like, I want to make sure that I'm still telling you to amplify your voice without taking away your language, but Mm. also pushing the second language towards you. So it's like a battle of two of, we want to support both of them. Um, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic being in my position because I also used to teach in a dual language classroom. So I was able to, um, and it was at the middle level as well. And that was actually my very first year. My very first job was Mm -hmm. a language arts and social studies, dual language course. Um, and I had a cohort where we had to amplify both languages and voice, both voices, um, but they were able to be flexible and mm-hmm. talk. You can use them at any time. So it's been interesting on now I have to elevate English at a different level instead yes. of, of the equal level.
1: Ooh, it's just a struggle for, yeah, for students to navigate that. But also find myself, I don't know. I don't know about you, Gabby, but for me, I find myself having a difficulty kind of like ex, like speaking like trying to come up with the right word in English or even Japanese too. And then so, and my mind gets all jumbled up and, you know, it just gets hard to communicate what I want to express, like what what I want to express, if that makes sense. And I'm just wondering if your students also deal with the same thing, like they know what to say in certain language, like for instance, Spanish, but they're not too sure how to say that in English. And then so, and again, like, that's difficult. And then so how do you encourage them to, I guess, I don't know, um, kind of, yes, amplify their voice, but also um, trying to, I guess, navigate or give them the power to, you know, speak, in- like, um, learn English or trying to find a vocabulary and whatnot? No, absolutely. I still
2: have that issue. The other day, I forgot how to say um, curtains. And I was like, "It's a, it's a cognate. It's cortinas. Like it's mm. it should have been so close to my brain." But I started doing that thing where you mimic and you point and you start like describing the item. And my students do that a lot. But what ends up happening when you focus so much on a one word or. or the grammatical way, the proper grammatical way to say something, you forget what you were going to say. You forget the context and the body of the conversation. So what I tell my students, and that's one big piece of building community at the very beginning of the school year, or the first week that that student comes into your classroom and building that rapport and that empathy is understanding that in that classroom, at least in my ELD newcomer classroom, we are okay with making mistakes. It is absolutely okay that you are not going to be a fluent speaker by the end of this month, at the end of this week, at the end of this or next or the next year, developing a yes. language there has been studies um, that have been done to become at least above um, a fluent speaker um, or to even, conversationally for some students it takes seven mm-hmm. years minimum of seven years yes oh my gosh yes. you can learn a language conversationally um based on understanding kind of the structure of it um mm-hmm. but really knowing the context of where to use that language um it takes a very very long time to develop oh, it I it's can. a shorter amount of time with our younger students though we, mm-hmm. we have seen. So But back to your question about how do we make our students feel empowered to use that language and not be afraid of making those mistakes. It really starts with the community base and it comes with what environment are they in, right? Um, And then teaching them that when they're outside of that environment, it's still okay to make those mistakes because everyone is an English learner. Yes. It's every single student is developing their language. We're just at different levels. So, i when I make mistakes, I own them in my classroom. Like I make mistakes every day. Um, really? I'm not a perfect writer. Grammar is something that I still fight with, which is why I think I like Ooh, to teach strange. it. <laughs> so um, I tell my students that it is OK. Um, but one of the big things for any language teacher that is out there is that if you have newcomers in your classroom, sit down with them and let them know that they're in that classroom because you care. And because they want to learn and that mm-hmm. they will learn. It, everyone's journey is different. Um, and it's always hard to be the new student. Um, oh, yeah. Especially in a new world and a new system with a new way that- so building that rapport with your students is really 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 important in order to be successful because if a student is afraid to speak it is so hard to develop that language language is reading writing listening and speaking and mm. if you're only listening or reading you are not going to develop your language within those seven years that is um, so true Yeah. So I just, I'm the biggest cheerleader for my students. I, and my most favorite students, all of my students are my favorite, but my students that I admire the most are the students who are not afraid to speak to a non-span, like a lot of, a lot of my students are Spanish speakers. So speaking Uh to another person that, is not a Spanish speaker and being okay with messing up and they still are able to communicate. That is my favorite interaction in the hallways that I see.
1: Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, that is such a warm, welcoming environment. Like you yeah. said, your emphasis on like that it's okay to make mistakes, and you know, we gotta we gotta learn learn or grow from somewhere, right? Wow. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so I heard about this thing, Gabby, that, um, that, uh, when you're, when you're learning a new language, you're like your social language, I guess the language that you use socially, you grasp that earlier, faster than an academic language acquisition. Is that true? Or am I? No, no, no. Is- well, you are correct. Oh, oh So we you. actually
2: have this thing called BICS and CAPS. BICS mm-hmm. is B-I-C. CS. It's basic intercommunication skills. And then we have CAPS. Oh, I should really know this on top of my head, but it's basically the academic version of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you have your basic skills, like your conversational level of understanding of language, and then you move up to then the academic grammatical syntactic structure of what language is. So Mm -hmm there's a big difference and a big learning curve with between phase one and phase two. So if you are conversationally more into one language, you are going to develop that language first, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, The more that you use the language and the more that you are in almost like my students say, they feel like they're in survival mode.
0: They Mm -hmm. feel like
2: they have to understand. um, They pay more attention to my lessons when it is a bix. Than it, than it caps because Um, they are a lot of my students are in survival mode. A lot of my students don't know a lot of English at all, but it is a variety. I come with some students that come from European countries that require them to speak, uh, learn English throughout. But the mm -hmm. majority, let's say 95% of my students are um, zero, they come as a level one um, Mm -hmm. on outlaw. Mm -hmm. So, what they, they want me to teach them is like basic things. And the big thing is how do I ask for help? How do wow. I ask f- to go somewhere? Um, how do I ask if I need support on a specific assignment? Um, or if I want to compliment someone, that is a big thing my kids want to do, which I love because they're just trying to build their own community. So it's one of those things where if I start teaching very high academic words and focus on the grammatical structure of what English is like, this is Mm -hmm. a noun, this is a verb. Like, yes, those are very useful things. My students that will go over their head. That's Mm -hmm. out of the proximal development that is way up there. So for them, they are at their big zone and I'm okay with them being there because we're all there. Um, And there's a lot of social emotional learning that comes with learning that itself um, because of the need for basic vocabulary um, and then building off of that. So that's one of the big things where where it's like, show me the basic vocabulary that I can use in a conversation, like you said, so then mm-hmm. I
1: can get comfortable and then maybe move it up a bit. Yeah. You know, like when you mentioned the part that like you're teaching them like how to ask for help or how to go elsewhere, that's like the first thing that my mother so help helped me to say. Like, so when I first started my like pub- like public school in in america barely mm-hmm. like barely know any english she just w- helped me write down what to say if i want to go to bathroom or if i want if i'm thirsty you know she yeah. just wrote it down for me and that actually kind of helped like that actually did help me kind of like navigating and like you said students are on the survival mode right and so and i kind of wanted to talk more about that when you what you mean by they're on the survival mode because I definitely felt that too but like you're like everyone's going through different experiences so yes. what have you seen from your kiddos absolutely
2: um survival mode is just the it's the most heightened state of mind that you can be on a lot of my students are either refugees immigrants or or um, they are simply here because their parents have decided to be here. Right. I don't know any student, at least out of my demographic, that has willingly wanted to come to the States um, by themselves. I have not. It has either been parents have sent them over or they have come with families forcefully or they have decided as a family to come. Um Those have been the situations when you are in a position, especially when your brain has not fully developed, because I do work with middle schoolers. So any, anywhere from the age of 11 to 13, Mm. um, these students, they, when you are home, everyone knows the feeling of a home. It doesn't have to be a house. It doesn't have to be a place. It can simply be the language, the food, the culture, the music. Um, whoever is around you that is home, when you are taken away from that and put into a place that you do not know.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: and a lot of these students either come with one parent or two parents, but never a family. Um, it puts them into a mode of I'm just here to live day by day because I hope to go back home. I have a lot of those conversations. It's so heartbreaking. Um, Because I'm so happy they're there, but I also understand that they are, they may, they may not be the happiest there, but I also have other students who actually are in survival mode, but they're in survival mode in a happy way because their situation was way, way, way worse than what it is now. Mm -hmm. So every student's story is different on what survival mode is. But what I have seen a lot of my students is just that socially, emotionally, they're struggling. Um, they don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. They know they'll come to school, but they don't know like when they go home, if there's a meal, um, parents are not able to provide a lot of the stuff, um, that goes on in the school or events like conferences, parent stuff. Um, students are just there to clock in, clock out. It's almost like a job. For students Mm -hmm. with no compensation (laughs) besides your knowledge, which it is um, a big compensation. But I think for a lot of our students is um, a lot of my newcomers focus so much on just trying to be successful. Honestly, Mm -hmm. my newcomers are the hardest workers I have ever seen. Um, They try every single day to be the better version of themselves and um, they can they just show up. They, they have the best attendance. I have maybe one or two newcomers that, because of issues that are not in their power, um, mm-hmm. are unable to show up, but my newcomers have the best attendance. So it's like they're in survival mode in a way of they're unsure of what the next day will come to, but they know that school is stability. Um, so they are with us. They stay with us. But I also have a lot of parents who are migrant workers, um, and yeah. they move around a lot. So the cycle of in and out in my class is a lot as well. And that puts them on a heightened sense of a different survival mode when it comes to survival mode of language, survival mode of stability, and survival
1: mode of family, right? So it's just, it's a lot. (laughs) Oh my gosh, wow. No, I really appreciate you bringing bringing this up and I'm so glad that we decided to dive deeper into what Mm -hmm. survival mode means. And oh my gosh, when you said that, like everyone knows, like the feeling of home when you're being removed from your like home, whether that's food or culture, your family, it just you feel so stuck, or just this feeling yeah. of like i like isolation. Oh, I absolutely can relate to that. I felt so alone, like like I was with my mother and my siblings, whatnot. But yeah, but it was really tough because all my extended families are all in Japan, and yes. uh, like in like you said. Living day by day. I just yeah, that's how I treated the school. I just like did treat it the day by day. But like you said, and I really again, once again, I just keep appreciating what you've been saying so far. Oh, that's you provide so. stability. Right? Yes. And then it's you stability, there's a consistency, they know who to turn to, and you're there in the classroom. Ah, uh, like and then you're providing that community for them. And that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. And, it's, and that's why I like being an ELD
2: teacher. I was a dual language teacher for about two years. Um, and I love that as well. But I always seem to want to help the students who were just new to the country or developing the language. Um, and because I, f- I saw myself in them and I definitely have a big empathetic heart. <laughs> and I decide I got this like someone told me, and I was like, there's this job opportunity and I think you'd be perfect for it. Apply. And I did. My first job, though, was at an elementary school. So that was a Ooh. whole different situation when it came to awareness as a newcomer student. And then coming to um, now that I teach at a middle school. Um, and understanding that, well, they are more aware of what the situation is now and there is more work to do, I believe, at least at the middle level because they're at that age of, do I love school? Do I hate school?
1: Oh, totally.
2: Um, so it's. I'm really enjoying my job now. I loved mm-hmm. being a dual-language teacher. I could uh, Maybe I'll go back one day, but for now I feel like working with newcomers specifically is – Honestly, I cannot say I have a better job because I, I really enjoy it. There's a lot of things that we could do, and now that we're
1: out of COVID and finally have stability in that. Oh my goodness! Oh, I just love hearing your passion. I could definitely hear all the joys and excitement supporting these kiddos. This is your passion. This is like your calling, and it yes. sounds like you're doing a fabulous job supporting these kiddos creating this warm welcoming community reminding them that it is okay to make mistakes, and then and again you are emphasize you emphasize on relationship building right it's all about relationship building trust and that's how you learn a new language absolutely i could absolutely relate to that as well um and yeah, no, I really appreciate again all what you've been saying. Um, with that being said, uh, is there anything else you would like to share to the to our audiences or any resources or anything else that comes to mind uh, before we wrap this up?
2: I just have two things. Um, The first one is if you are an admin or a teacher or a counselor, please look at how can you support your newcomers? I feel like our newcomers are commonly overlooked and that is not on purpose. I know that. But Mm -hmm. it is a process in a system that has not been set in place in a lot of places. Um, How are you welcoming families that are out of that don't know um, the system, is it just a registration form and then you send them off, or is there actual family check-ins? Um, There's a lot of missing gaps when it comes to welcoming families into our school system um, and understanding other people's cultures on how how does that look like for everyone, right? Um, So that's my first one. And for number two, it's for all the general teachers, is to not look at your newcomers or your language learners as deficits. Please, Mm. please, please, when you see a newcomer or ELD student on your roster, be excited for the knowledge that they hold. Be excited for... The growth that they will make because they will make growth every year, and please, please, please be welcoming. One of the hardest things for my students is to step into a unwelcoming environment and oh, yeah. not want to speak um, because of that, or because they sense that they are a barrier or they are an other. So, it when when you see a newcomer or an ELD student, just smile, say hi welcome them with open arms, and be willing to help because um, they may be too afraid to ask. So those are my two things.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I love those. And then, yeah, uh, oftentimes a lot of newly arrived students are, like you said, overlooked. And it's not intentionally, right? But again... Sometimes we just have them fill out the registration form or like yeah. what their home languages is. And then uh, we also rely so much on our interpreters, you know, like liaisons. Mm-hmm. And that's, like are such great resources. But also what we as educators, like general classroom teachers or specialists, counselors, social workers, admins to or instructional educational, instructional assistants. Absolutely. What are we doing? Yeah. to support our newly arrived students, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can't just always put all, all of the... um On our LSAs. The, <laughs> oh, right, all our, our like, um, interpreters and whatnot to yeah. build relationships. We also need to extend our arms to... Mm-hmm. The, to the families and welcome them and yes. just give them a warm hug. Yeah. Like <laughs> I know? had
2: students uh, and the thing with newcomers is that they come at any point in the year. I had oh, students yeah. joining me during third semester, I mean, third, uh, the third quarter, so second semester. And it was really Ooh. tough for teachers because they already had a full class. And then it was like another newcomer, like it's another, you know, overload. But um, at the, we are in this because we love to help students. And yes, we are all, Barely holding on sometimes, especially second semester, late second semester. But again, it is not the child's fault. That is my big thing where it's like we have to remember that these are children um, and they are here and this is the only place that they can have. Um, And so don't make it a place that they hate. Make it a place that they want to show up because... um, they they want to be there. They really really do. All of my newcomers, they they want to be at school. They may not want to be here because they'd rather be home. Whatever they call home, um, mm-hmm. but they are never not wanting to be there.
1: Oof. Did you all hear that, everybody? This is what a great way to end this episode. Again, like relationship is so important. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Gabby, for your time. Spending time with us. We We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.
0: Thank you. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit org.